0: You're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy!
1: Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Kyle Fleischman. The iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me tonight, ChewySide55, Carlos Fonseca, Jeff Walton, Brad Miller, and special guest Nolan Scott. Welcome, guys. How's
2: it going? Hey, what's up?
1: Yeah, hey, thanks
3: for having me.
4: All right,
1: we're gonna start with you tonight, Nolan. And uh, the normal interview process here. When did you start on iRacing? How did you hear about it?
4: Uh well, I came from uh, Live for Speed. Uh, drove for a team called Core Racing there, and uh, we had the opportunity of a lot of us to to come on as beta testers in two thousand. 2008-2009 uh, through that transition so we came on as beta testers and uh you know been here ever since so a long time
1: all right uh how often do you race
4: uh, i think uh know, yeah, for the most part um usually just once or twice a week i, t- I tend to run uh you know the class a series I tend to run NIS, uh, but as of right now, as we get a little bit closer to DWC, just kind of focusing on the Pro Series and the Drivers World Championship, or now I should call it WCS, but um, particularly those two th- those two series right now, and uh, like I said, about once or twice a week.
1: All right, and we uh, just covered what series you normally run. Uh, what type of wheel, pedals, hardware are you using?
4: Uh pretty old school. I've got a G twenty five wheelbase and shifter. I have upgraded the pedals. I'm using Clubsport V threes with the uh standard PU foam inside. Outside of that, that's uh that's pretty plain Jane for me.
1: Oh <laughs> well, yeah, I guess so. Except for them V threes.
4: Those V threes, yeah, that makes a difference. Great great <laughs> product.
1: Yep. Uh how many monitors are you running? Run three at 164 FOV. Nice. Uh, do you participate in any leagues?
4: Uh, no, I do not. I do not. Just uh, just the pro and just the pro series right now.
1: All right. How about uh, any third-party software?
4: I actually use quite a bit of
1: third-party, as you
4: know. One of uh, NX Racing's sponsors is I analyze, so we use. I analyze quite a bit. Uh, we use Mew and MoTeC for a little bit uh, more fine-tuning on the telemetry side of things. And I also use VRS just mainly as a backup for uh, fuel telemetry, stuff like that. But mainly those four products.
1: All right, and then you it, uh, mentioned that you're part of NX. Um, you want to elaborate on that, entity.
4: Yeah, part of NX Racing. Uh, been around since the inception. One of the original members. And uh, I think it's been six years we've been together now, so we've been uh, been around for a long time.
1: Of course, you're teamed up over there with PJ and Jake Sergius and uh, a couple other well-known names. So, good group of guys you got over there.
4: Yeah, great guys. Great guys. Really uh, really talented guys, too.
1: No doubt about that. Uh, how about your most memorable iRacing moment?
4: Uh... Well, that's a that's a tough one. Um, I would probably say, well, let me let me break it down to two. Uh, n- most memorable, not my best moment, but was back in Bristol, twenty ten, DWC. Uh, we kind of got some damage in an incident. I decided to stay out and totally destroyed Hart Junior. in about half the field. Uh, and then second was just recently racing against uh, Taylor Hurst at Sonoma. Taylor's really really good there, and we had some of the best racing I've ever had uh, in the NIS series back there. A few months back, I think it was about three, four, five months back, but uh, still, just sticks in my memory as the most recent i racing moment that I've had. That's been a been a, a big plus.
1: <laughs> Rick Taylor Hart Jr. That's going to be something that you're going to live with for the rest of your life. <laughs> it was it was pretty bad. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining us tonight. You're welcome to chime in on any other topics for the rest of the evening if you so wish to do so. Definitely. All right. Next up, we are going to discuss the NASCAR iRacing.com Pro Series event at Atlanta Motor Speedway held this past Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Um,. Going over my results, I started 7th, I finished 19th in the bottom split of the race. Uh, I had an s- awesome setup. I did have 4 teammates in the race with me. Two of them ended up finishing in the top 5. We all ran the same setup, so... I'm um, just unfortunately getting caught up with some of the guys that drive a little over their head when they... You know, I think I was lap 27 and I was wrecked out of the race, so... Um, Brad did you run that at all I didn't Alright what about you Jeff I know you did
3: Yeah we finished fifth um, Scott finished uh, second In front of me and of course David Finished 17th and like you said You finished 26th you and David both Got caught up in earlier wrecks It's just too many people Driving over top of their head And you know the track just felt like ice Too on top of that
1: Yeah, and then I noticed also the, the dirt buildup on the windshields. A lot of people are complaining about not being able to see there after a while, uh, some of them longer runs we were having. What about you, Nolan? Let's talk about that pro race you had.
4: Uh, yeah, uh, top split, uh, pretty much my average starting position, 25th, um, which I don't know what we're doing this year, Qualify. I've just... Just been off the ball on qualifying all season. But, yeah, started 25th, uh, stayed out in an early caution, got some track position. Then we had some long runs at the end, so we kind of had a chance to shine a little bit. Uh, rotations came around. I think we were 8th. We ended up finishing the race in 7th when it was all said. Then we were on a little bit different strategy. We one-stopped the end. It was an 80-lap run. Uh, most of the field did the two-stopper. But, um, yeah, you know, it worked out okay. I think
1: we broke even on strategy. So,
4: another 7th place haul. Not bad. Bad.
1: Yeah, seventh place and uh, top split is definitely nothing to shake your stick at. That's definitely uh, definitely a ch- uh, good achievement there. Now, uh, you're actually running to get your pro license, if I'm not mistaken, correct?
4: Well, I'm try- yeah, trying to. Yeah, uh, you know, I think uh, with drops factored in, we're fifth overall right now. Um, surprisingly, that seventh place finish is going to be our worst non dropped event of the season. So. Yeah, I've been pretty happy with the, you know, the performance of the car this year. PJ, Jake Sturge just really helping out a lot. Um, Bill Diaz has been helping out a lot. Joe Letorello has been helping out. Everybody's really been putting in the, the effort to have good cars. So, yeah, I think uh, we're in a good position going into this. I guess you could call it a half. It's really not, but you have two basically totally different formats from the beginning of the season to the end. But uh, just one more race at Darlington, and if we can uh, at least score some good points there, I think we'll we'll have the opportunity to maybe go for some wins in the final three.
1: Yeah, this Tuesday night coming up is going to be a a, a tough tough factor here because it's a really tough track for a lot of people to be able to stay on without eating the wall all the time. So I guess that's why they call it the Darlington Strike. So we'll see how we all pan out there, right? Yeah, it's a
4: different strategy to a lot of other tracks, like Atlanta, for example. I don't think you can drive quite as... Uh, Quite as aggressive from the start at Darlington, it's uh, it's just really not worth it.
1: Yeah, it's kind of one of those you got to really find your rhythm and pace yourself to stay off that wall.
4: Definitely, and track position is is pretty big at Darlington too. So, a lot of pressure in Q. That's the last thing I need. But you know, a lot of pressure in Q to do well there.
1: Yeah, and them guys that, I don't know if it's going to be like that in the pro race, but I remember during the NIS season, guys were trying to use the apron to make passes and stuff and causing all sorts of mayhem, so hopefully it's a little bit cleaner. I know that for myself, for the most part, in the bottom splits, it's been kind of cleaner than NIS racing, but then again, these past couple weeks, there have been a lot of guys that are driving over their heads, so we'll see how it works out. All right, next up, we're going to talk about a forum post made by our guest we had on the show last week, John Hammer. Um, He put up some polls for, I guess it was under the NASCAR iRacing series on the forums, and different topics such as quantities of cars and splits, tire limits per race, and the length of races. And people were voting on them. he was gathering the results, and he's going to send an official email into Tony Gardner for consideration uh, to hopefully get some changes to the uh, to the program in the uh, NIS season. Um, results of it looks like the majority voted for forty or more cars in the splits. They want tire limits in the races, and they want it to stay basically the same—fifty percent mixed with full length. So. We'll see what happens. What are your guys' opinions?
2: I like it. I think if you're going to sit there and and do all this stuff to make uh, what we do as realistic as possible, then make it as realistic as possible and go up to 40 cars like the real cup guys.
4: Yeah, I think think going up to 40 cars really with a dynamic track... Being kind of introduced the way it is, and it's getting much better and better and better all the time. That it's kind of essential to really let the dynamic track show.
3: I think the uh, tire limit is a very, very good thing. No. no, no, no not not for here.
0: It's because yeah. the tire model is so broken. Yeah, well, some parts of it are, it's just, I don't think it'll work out. Tire limit. You'll have people staying on a 50 lamp old tires.
1: My, yeah. my, I, I know Nolan and I were talking earlier this afternoon about that, um, the tire model. You want to elaborate on that a little, Noel?
4: Well, I, I kind of agree with Carlos, unfortunately. Number one, it's not feasible in the software as the software currently stands. Secondly, in my opinion, you've got enough for the driver to do as it is, as opposed to, you know, now every pit stop you have to go through a list of scuffed tires and pick the scuffed tire of your choice. How much data are you going to get on each scuff tire? Uh, number two, the way the tire model works, it's a a little bit too aggressive in terms of that early run fall off, in my opinion. In real life, you can stay out on five, six lap old tires. It's not going to kill you. In this game, you're going to be two and three tenths a lap faster the entire run. And then it brings in too much situational, uh, you know, things outside of your control to really what dictates race. So I'm pretty anti, you know tire limit. I know a lot of people like it, but that's kind of my big complaints on it, especially the situational aspect of it. There's just too many outcomes that are totally outside of the driver's control, and the way we run races isn't like you know real life. It just isn't. I mean, look at Pro Series; we, we're caution riddled the first half of the races. It's not like that, and in most cases, it's exactly the opposite. So I don't know. It's it's going to be hard to make it work in our racing, I think.
0: I say if anything only for truck series. If they were to create a full you know, full schedule for that.
1: Well, you know, and that's another thing is they could always test it out on us on a lower series to see what it would do and then maybe implement it later on. Personally I think if we're gonna go with forty car fields and tire limit changes, why don't we just go all out with realism and make the full length races? Make a full series dedicated to it where you know, every Saturday night where NIS doesn't run, there's a full-length race with all realism to it. Just call it NIS Hardcore? Yeah, whatever they want to call it. <laughs>
3: I, I like that idea, Kyle, for a Saturday night. Something like on like that on a Saturday night would be kind of cool.
1: Well, yeah, because it doesn't interfere with NIS. You can still have the NIS because running. <laughs> at what six and noon or whatever it is on saturdays and then you know seven o'clock saturday night eastern you could fire off a full length race of the week at that track
3: but you know the tire limit thing though if they do do it or they decide to do it i hope they don't do it in the middle of the season it's either do it in the beginning of the season or don't do it at all.
1: Yeah, it would probably come out with a build if I had to guess, anyways. I don't know, something to think about. Like I said, he's going to email the results to Tony Gardner and we'll see what happens. It's always good to give our input to them to see how they can
2: improve the simulator for the rest of us.
1: We'll see. What do we got up
2: next, Brad? Well, we've got Chase Briscoe. The only he only led two laps of the fifty lap uh, twenty sixteen iRacing Pro Race of Champions. They held this at Phoenix International Raceway on Wednesday night. Um, this was the uh, sixth annual All Star Race for the professional race drivers, uh, together with. X Games Rallycross gold medalist and iRacing pro driver Michael Dejong, uh, SCCA Pirelli World Champion or World Challenge competitor Michael Lewis, and formal, former IndyCar driver Dan Clark, uh, Br- or Chase Briscoe spent most of the sim uh, racing chasing NASCAR star kyle larson and i watched some of this and, and kyle had him covered and kyle ran into his bad luck just like he does in real racing and um they got wrecked by a lapped car but uh chase briscoe took the lead with two laps to go and and won the race it was pretty interesting
1: Yeah, from the highlights, I was able to catch because like, I ended up falling asleep that night and didn't get the race. But I saw the highlights, and boy, that looked like it looked like a wreck fest for the last. I think it was the last ten laps I was able to watch. And that's all it was. It's just wreck cars everywhere. It almost looked like an enduro race. <laughs> yeah, that was a a
4: bit brutal to watch. I, I think the uh, the platform of the series is great. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure whose idea it was to do a phoenix you know in an indy car but uh you know i, I think part of that might have been due to sam schmidt which that that device that cxc simulations created for him i don't know if you guys have looked that up on facebook but uh that is that is just super cool you know, i'm sure it does a lot for sam's morale that's a that's a i mean he actually performed quite well too yeah at one point up in time uh, i think he was up to eight so it was a interesting event to watch but a few too many crashes i just think that's a you know an outcome of really that combo more than anything.
3: Yeah, that rig that they built for him, you know, it was amazing. I was reading about it. Um, his breathing is what controls the throttle and brake. And I, I can't remember if it was his his eye movement or if his head movement is what turned the car. But that, to me, was just amazing. Yeah, it was. I heard a little bit about that. The uh,
4: In his mouth, he had to blow on a straw, essentially, or bite down on it to brake. And, uh, yeah, it was really cool. And I think he did control it by moving his head left and right. And, uh, you know, there's some videos of it, obviously, if you want to go check it out on the iRacing YouTube page. But uh, there's some videos of him driving around, and it uh, looked pretty much effortless. And he drove, he drove really well.
1: It's always good to see that he's still trying to be involved in racing as much as he can be. So, definitely awesome.
2: Yeah, I think it's really cool.
1: Okay. All right, well, moving on. The next thing is, uh, I guess it was this evening, actually. The 2016 iRacing All Star Race was broadcasted by Race Spot TV. Um, they had it at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. They ran an oval race and a road race, and judging by the results, I didn't see it, but looks like it was a dominating show by both drivers. The oval side, Matt Busa, started on the pole, finished on the pole, led all 40 laps. Um, Philip Diaz came in second, Ray Ophela third, Adam Gilliland fourth, and Will Tregurza finished out the top five on the oval side. Um, Martin Cronkey did run over there in the oval. He finished ninth. P.J. Sturgios finished 11th. Um, Andrew Fayosh finished 14th. Alan Bowe's 16th. Chris Overland 17th. Just to name some of the um, more known drivers on the Oval side. Um, for the road side, same thing. Pole to pole winner, William Vol- uh, Levesque, started pole, finished pole, led all 18 laps, had the fastest lap time of the race. Philip um, Diaz pulled down a second place finish in that race as well. Um, Frederick Rasmussen finished third, Martin Kronke fourth, and PJ Sergios rounded out the top five. Alan Bose 6th, um, Adam Gilliland, 10th, Ray Althala, 11th, Matt Busa 13th, Andrew Fayash, 15th, and Chris Overland finished 21st, and that's more of the well-known names, so did anybody here catch the races at all?
4: Yeah, I had an opportunity to watch both of them, uh, you know, with Will, with, there's a reason we call him Levesque. Um, but Will, uh, you know, did really, really well on the roadside. Um, Phil did really well on the roadside too. They're both index racing drivers. Um, and then, uh, when we went to the oval side, Phil also did well again. So two second place finishes for him. So his charity, the starting over ranch, uh, is, is going to be receiving a hundred dollars because of, uh, you know, his performance today. So that's, that's cool. Always nice to do something for charity.
1: Okay. Hey, now William, yeah, is he's actually out a out road out out driver from on the and right?
4: He is, he is. I was um pretty pretty happy that he finished 8th on the oval side. It was a bit of a surprise, but yeah, he's primarily a road racer, primarily uh, drives for our uh, endurance division, and racing yellow.
1: All right, yeah. I was going to say, he finished 8th, still got a top 10 out of it, so that's pretty good. Now, that that's kind of the purpose of this race, if I'm not mistaken, where they kind of take you out of your element and put you in the other side and see how well you do, right?
4: Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, it's always pretty exciting. I think uh, Levesque was right at the end of the race, running uh, I want to say 14th, 15th place, and there was a huge, huge accident, big time NASCAR on the final lap, and uh, somehow came up from like 15th to eighth in one lap. So it was a, it was a crazy finish. It's, it's definitely worth a check on the uh, on the uh, iRacing YouTube page. It's another one to to check out. It's a great finish.
1: All right, we'll definitely have to check that out later. So it looks like it was uh, pretty dominating by the guys that led the race, but all the action was really behind them. So we'll check it out uh, later on, and you can always check out the uh, past broadcast on Race Spot TV as well. Well, what do we got up next, Brad?
2: Oh, the thing everybody's been waiting for. Uh, in our world, is somebody whispers dirt, there's five people turn their head well they are getting the templates out you can get your dirt lake model dirt sprint car and dirt street stock get them painted and get them ready so that when it comes out you're ready to hit the track with your uh, paint scheme already lined up uh it actually looks really cool so get ready
1: yeah those cars look stellar (laughs) they really do the only one they don't have on there right now is the uh, wingless Sprint car, but I'm sure that's going to be coming out as well soon. I know Tony mentioned it in a uh, past Twitter
2: post. Yeah, I can't wait. I, I I, I think the paint scheme we did on our team cars for Cup and everything have looked really awesome, and our road course cars, they're just awesome too, and I really can't wait to see what we come up with this.
3: I just can't wait for dirt period it's gonna be so much fun
1: it also looks like they're running a special for if you sign up with a new membership you get 50% off all their options one month three months one year or two years so if you are looking to get into iRacing for dirt now's the time to sign up 50% off Uh, you're not gonna see too many of those deals coming around anymore so Definitely take your chance. I mean your regular one month is thirteen dollars. You can get signed up for as little as six fifty. So if you're listening to this, you're not a member of iRacing and you're thinking about it, now's the time.
2: Yeah, that's a good deal.
4: That's a great deal, and I think uh, you know, just in regards to dirt itself, I think that's gonna be the biggest game changer for iRacing since pretty much the service came out. I mean, we're going to have a huge influx of customers. There's going to be a, a lot of racers online, and I'm really excited about that. That's that's really... I, I like to see market saturation more than anything, and I think we're going to be hugely saturated in the the first couple months of the release, for sure.
2: Oh, well, I, I hope you're right. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really hope that since they've been talking about it for quite a while... Uh, and they were probably working on it before they ever said anything about it. I hope they're really taking their time and getting all their, their T's crossed and their I's dotted to where that when this comes out, it's it's not all to pieces. We well, have had mistaken, bi- we've had builds like
1: that. Yeah, well, if I'm not mistaken, that's why they decided not to push it out in this build. was... Because they weren't quite ready, all the cars and all the content are ready, but it's the build itself. I'm not mistaken; it isn't quite ready, and they don't want to release something prematurely, so we'll wait.
4: Yeah, I think they've got a few more things to polish off on the dynamic track side of things, which I think they knew was going to be the most difficult part to get right in the very beginning. That and the tire model itself to give it that deformation it really needs, or at least the illusion thereof. So, um. It's a big hunter. I'm surprised they're getting it done as quickly as they are. I, I did not think we would be, you know, going into the, the holiday season thinking, well, you know, we're really close on dirt. I thought we'd be looking mid 2017 to end of 2017, but it looks like we're going to get it long before then.
1: Well, even if they wait till March to release it, it's basically a year, because it was. Tweeted out on April Fool's Day, April 1, uh, 2016, about Dirt, and here we are almost a year later. You know, nine months later, and it's almost in our laps. So definitely kudos to them for putting uh, a lot of attention to this and all the hard work they've done to do it. All right, next up was a forum post made by Tyler Sassine. Um, he says, anyone else notice backfires sometimes missing from the replays? I see them on other cars in session, but so far only see them on the V8SC and replays, not even the MP412C. Um, Jeff Rubin, a staff member, did no, um, comment back on the thread. said, there is a known issue causing backfires and other particles to not show up sometimes, and that there will be a fix included in the next build. It looks like um, there was also another post made somewhere else in the yeah. forums under um, problem reporting for the same issue, and a lot of people were commenting on that thread as well. So he, he did answer a few people on different forums, but so I guess that'll be fixed in the uh, next build, and kudos to uh, iRacing for following the forums to help get some of these things resolved.
4: Yeah, it seems like with this last build in general, they've had quite a few bugs kind of come out of the woodworks, and they're they're definitely aware of them and on the ball getting them fixed, it seems like, this time.
1: Well, at least this time they're kind of smaller little things, you know. Oh, definitely. All right, iRacing came down for maintenance on the 13th. Looks like they announced pre-ordering available for the Audi R8 LMS, the Mercedes-AMG GT3, and the Renault 2.0. The new global Mazda MX-5 car will also be available, but since it's a free car, there's no need to pre-order it. If you want to access it during the maintenance period, which is already over with, it can uh, automatically be available to download. And that's about it for the maintenance period what's up next Brett?
2: a driving simulator uh, a rig uh, it's up in indy uh, and it costs you right at 12 grand a day to drive it's got a 180 degree view uh, you can use different pedals they set it up to where you it's like different cars and uh the video we've got of it is uh phenomenal (laughs) to be honest with you it would be really cool to have something like this but uh i guess you'd have to be a millionaire and buy the daggone thing because you wouldn't (laughs) want to rent it
1: right? I did notice that Jack Davidson, who's an iRacing staff member, did comment on the thread He said those art assets are from Indianapolis, are actually from us, meaning iRacing, and that Steve and him tried to stop by Delara and see it when they were in India earlier this year, but it was occupied, so even they tried to test it out.
2: <laughs> Shut down. So That's a lot of money. It is cool, though. Yeah, definitely neat.
4: Yeah, I've yet to have a look at that, but for twelve grand a day, I, I, it better be really
1: neat. <laughs> That's pretty pricey. <laughs> yeah, you think? These thinks that they lower the cost on it so that you can get uh, more people in it.
4: Yeah, it's a unique business strategy for sure.
1: Yep. All right. Next up, we're gonna talk Formula E, and there's one million dollars on the line for a sim racing showdown in Vegas. Getting
3: anything until you start.
1: Um,
4: no one, do you got anything that you could discuss on that? Oh yeah, for sure. uh, you know we've got our very own uh, Alexia Loma going to uh, the event uh he qualified in to the last position, so super pumped about that, but now we got him in there we've got uh got everything ready for him uh this week we got jerseys out we got the uh the fan pair, uh, hat out so uh there's gonna be a lot of p r events up there. And it's going to be run just like a professional uh, racing series. I mean, they do they go, they do a practice, they come back, they give a little a little press conference. And, uh, yeah, I think it's an awesome event. Plus, uh, you know, a lot of money on the line. $200,000, I think, to the winner. Uh, $20,000 even to make the show. So, even if you did qualify, that's a pretty decent sim racing payday. But, uh, you know, like I said, R factor... A pretty decent mod, I guess you could say. Uh, not not the best looking ever, but uh, you know the money's there, so uh, it drew a lot of people in, and not very many people made it to the big show, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, that would be so cool. A lot,
4: a lot of money. Yeah, those are the kind of things that I, I think. I mean, I, I don't think there's anybody here that wouldn't want to see that in iRacing, racing, but I think those are the big one-off events that. Um, you know really draw a lot of attention and i think there's more more people watching this than probably any other sim racing event ever so i think that's super interesting for the sport on a whole
2: right i agree with you that that is that is unbelievably cool all
3: right
1: Next up, we're going to talk about William Byron and uh, how he started off in his bedroom on iRacing, and now he's a seven-time winner in the trucks, NASCAR Truck Series, and he just finished up his um, contract, I guess you could say, with Kyle Busch Motorsports over there running the Truck Series, and he's set to start this season off at Hendrick Motorsports driving uh, an Xfinity ride for Hendrick this year. So uh, that's a pretty exciting adventure, and to think it all started on an iRacing sim.
4: And I the thing guess, about this kid wow. is he's actually really good. Yeah, that's what I was seven to wins. Say. Yeah, seven wins, 15 top fives, three poles in his rookie season in the Camping World Truck Series. I'm pretty sure, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure that's a record. I was
0: so, going um, to say something like, uh, regardless of iRacing, I think he just had talent. And he got noticed and got put in a good ride.
1: Not to mention, above all, he almost won the title in his rookie year. Oh, yeah. A couple of unfortunate uh, things there at the end of the season is what really took him out of it. But if, if he could have carried that momentum all the way to the end, which he actually did, even after he got wrecked out and it bumped him out of the point standings, he still ran strong all the way to the end. See, Byron used to race late models at South
3: Boston for junior motor schools back in 2015. So I, I've watched William race at South Boston Speedway now for about, a, what, last year? Or I guess two years ago, I guess. He's got talent. He knows where to put the car. He knows how to take care of his car. And he's had good equipment ever since he started. And junior, I think, was the first one that gave him a ride.
2: Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up. He, uh I mean, you start out driving for KBM, you're in top equipment. But he is a very good driver. I mean, you you can just—it's like Chase Elliott. You can watch Chase Elliott during a race and know, dude's got talent. He—it do, doesn't have to be the fastest car in the world, even though he has a fast car. Byron had a fast truck, but. They didn't do the stupid stuff that takes rookies out. So, you know. Yeah, I think Chase had a
4: almost somewhat underappreciated first rookie season in the top series. Um, but, uh, you know, Junior Motorsports in general just seems to have this really uncanny ability to, to kind of pick up young, strong drivers for, their, for the lower series. And I think that's definitely been their strong suit as a team, really be honest i mean they've picked up, up a lot i mean even josh barry not you know over the top fast but really solid driver and if it wasn't for i racing i don't think uh we'd be talking about josh barry you know what i mean in that setting i don't think he he would have had that opportunity but he, he's had that opportunity he's performed quite well
2: yeah i agree and yeah, i saw an interview i don't know where it was from i, I think it was on tv and they were interviewing Junior, and he said he would love to put Josh Berry in a, in a Bush car again uh, or more often, but he couldn't come up with sponsorship.
3: Yeah, and speaking of sponsors, Liberty University uh, um, sponsored Williams' late model, and then they went on to the truck series with Williams. I think that's pretty cool. You've got a small-town university
1: that's now getting national coverage and state as their driver. Yeah, and, and he attends that school as a freshman this year.
2: Yeah.
3: He's going to be making some waves, more than what he's making right now. i guarantee that.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's going to take him very long to be in that top-level ride. It's just a matter of what ride's going to open up at the right time for him. Yep. Wouldn't mind seeing him jump that, jump up into one of the Hendrick Motorsports rides myself, but being a Hendricks fan, but we'll see what happens, I guess.
0: What I want to see is Ryan Blaney improve, get a better ride to that 21, and, you know, make it really improve.
1: There's a lot of young talent down there right now that's itching to get up there, but it's yep. just not the right time yet.
0: Same with Chris Buescher, I really hoped that he would have got a stronger ride this year, but his time will come eventually.
4: Yeah, I don't watch NASCAR religiously anymore, but it seems to be this trend of there's just a lot of drivers in the sport that their time's come and gone, but the big teams don't really want to see them go. And I'm assuming that's because of the sponsorships and everything else, but it seems to be a problem on a whole to me in NASCAR that, you know, you don't see in... Well, I guess you do see it in Formula One, but not to the extreme
3: you see it in NASCAR, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I'd say this time of the, you know, now with all this young talent, they they kind of made a mistake dropping down to 40 cars because there's three extra cars that could have been filled with younger drivers. But, you know, the reason why they got rid of the 43 is they were all starting parked cars.
1: I think we're going to see a huge influx here. I think within the next five years, you're going to have a ton of these. Guys retiring You got You know Tony Stewart Retired this year You got other guys That are up there At age Carl Edwards Greg Biffle You know Some of these Bigger names Are going to start Falling off here Real soon And, and these young guys Are going to be Sitting there Nipping at the heels Waiting to get Into those rides So all they got to do Is just keep logging Laps down in them Lower series And they should have Some uh, really good Equipment to get into Here in the next few years
0: Where is Biffle going?
1: I don't know I I thought I saw that where he was going, but I can't remember off the top of my head. I do know that he is leaving this year.
2: Yeah, well, Roush is going down to only two cars. They're going to have Bane and um, uh, Stenhouse, but uh, the last time I checked was last week, about middle of the week, and it still didn't have Biffle penciled in anywhere on the on the thing that I was reading. Yeah, hey, he spent.
1: What, 19 years, I think it was, was, uh, Roush Fenway. And they came to a mutual agreement to split ways. So we'll see.
4: My yeah, question yeah. is, is what is the thought process there of keeping Trevor? Mr. Bang. I mean, what's, what, 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 what is the strategy there behind that? Why is he still in a cup car? Honestly. He wins the Daytona 500 one time. Done absolutely nothing, even above average his entire career. And I just, I, I just don't understand that that direction and driver oh, change personally.
0: That's why I say take uh, a switch. Then put Bean and whatever Chris Busher's going to, and switch on That way, maybe he'll start to show what he's got. Not Bean the Busher.
1: <laughs> we could ask that question about a lot of teams. Why does oh, yeah. he hang on to Casey Kane?
4: Yeah. What is? Yeah. Exactly. Casey Kane is kind of my quintessential example in that matter.
1: I think that you take Casey Kane out of that ride, put A.J. Allmendinger in there, or if we could have scooped up X before he got into that ride he's in now, I mean, that's a
2: dominating team. Yeah, you don't come out of that ride right now. <laughs> and, and they're actually going to a two-car team next year, which uh, it should give them a little better data.
1: I'll tell you one thing. If that doesn't scare people in, in the uh, NASCAR series, it's going to. Because that kid's got some talent that uh, I don't think he's even shown yet.
3: <laughs> what about the drivers that are doing with the Road 2017 or something like that, like with Tom Majeski and, and all them? Are they already signed for the big series, or are they just waiting for a spot in line? That I'm not aware of. Yeah, I don't know. Because I know Ty got signed by I can't remember who signed him, but he got signed and he's doing the development program. But I don't know if he signed to drive like pass Kane in or just Kane in. I think there's what ten or twelve of the guys were signed um, well, as he's, the development drivers.
1: Yeah, he got signed to Roush Fenway. I don't see them taking him and putting him in Biffle's ride, if that's what you're getting at.
3: <laughs> no, no, not at all. What I'm just getting at is you've already got you got your Winston Cup drivers, and now you've got drivers that are already signed as development drivers that hope to one day get into the Cup cars, and yet you still got so much talent in your local home short tracks that are trying to get up there. This is going to end up being a bottleneck, you know, it's just going to get crazy with all the talent and just looking for rise.
4: Yeah, I guess it's part of the nature of the beast of motorsports in general. Uh, you know, money talks at the end of the day. It just that's what it always boils down to. Um, I don't think you'll I, I think we're nearing the end of the period of people who just make it on pure talent. I think that's gone. And it's, it's kind of sad, but, you know, it just is the way it is. It's the way motorsports has uh, evolved over the years.
2: Yeah, but you've also got to have both. I mean, just because you got a lot of money, yeah, you can go out there and race, but it'll cost you a lot. And if you don't do good, you can still race, but you still ain't going to do good.
0: Reminds me of Tom Cruise and Imza.
3: right? Reminds me, reminds me of Trevor Bayne. <laughs> oh, <you laughs> too too soon.
1: There's a lot of guys out there. I mean. A guy that I run with kinda regularly uh in iRacing, Matt De Benedetto. He uh he just signed a deal to run an Xfinity car, I believe, what last week? Matt? For, for, yep, yeah, he's Matt, not Matt racing. Up this year. He just signed a deal to run with GoFast Racing. Him and David Reagan both left their team and they were on at BK Racing and um he signed a deal with GoFast Racing, so Wow, that's
4: impressive.
0: You know, he was one of the biggest surprises I've ever seen finishing, what was it, sixth at Bristol? That one Yeah, I mean,
1: he's got some talent, too. Yeah, he just doesn't have the rides. Fun. Yep, he's one of them quiet ones that just can't get that ride he needs. Yep, <laughs> he's a super nice group. guy, too. He's awesome to race with on racing. I love
4: it. Yeah, he's a cool cat.
1: So we'll definitely keep posting and we'll always uh, cover stories of our um, iRacing sim drivers making it into the big leagues. It's always a, definitely a good thing to see. We're all hopeful someday to get there. What do we got next, Brad? Uh,
2: they've got a uh, fix here for the uh, uh, club sport pedals. Uh, it's It's I'm, I'm, I've am i been looking at it, and I'm not really sure exactly what it does, but uh, uh, no your Club, Sp- Club Sport uh, V3 brakes. Uh, oh, the a- brake kit. Yeah, it's a brake kit. It's only $29. I think I've got the V2s, though, so it probably won't work. Well, well no,
1: you have those pedals. Do you know exactly what that's fixing? Obviously, you've run with them.
4: Uh, Well, I don't necessarily think it's for an error if it's the product I believe you're talking about, the braking kit, you know, with the red and the green, uh,
3: essentially. Yeah, that's what it is.
4: Yeah, the old system was a piece of PU foam, and they went to these, I'm not sure what they're actually physically made out of, but they appear to me to be some kind of plastic resin. Anyway, it's changing the the density of the pad that actually uh, rests against the load cell inside the brake. So... You know, red's the hardest, so that gives you the hardest feel on the brake pad surface, whereas green softer, etc. So, uh, I think it's more of a feel thing. I think there's actually a grid on their website that, that will break down what combination of what uh, what uh, you know, pieces of foam that you put into your brake cylinder will do for your brake pedal feel. It's
3: so, cool product. A-
4: cool, cool Christmas present uh, at $29.
1: It's a, if I had to guess, there would be some sort of damper kit. Um, for my MPPC pedals, I can do the same deal where I have the red red or the black um, things that I can interchange to adjust how hard or soft I want the brake pedal. So to me, it looks like it's the same type of deal for, that, for those um, specific pedals. Yeah, it does. And I, I have the damper kit
4: on the V3s and not wanting to give a review of the V3 pedals, but, uh, you know, not a big proponent of the damper kit, but definitely I could see where those, where that, that addition would come in handy because essentially my goal with these pedals is to make the brake as hard as I possibly can. And I've got it completely maxed out. So that may be on my Christmas list. Hint, hint, wink, wink. So, um, We'll see. It looks like it could be a good addition to your V3 pedals if, if you suffer from the same problem I have, which is a solid pedal.
1: Alright, well, if you do pick them up, let us know, and uh, maybe we'll bring you on to uh, discuss that later on in the future. Definitely. Alright, next up, we're going to talk about the dirt on the windshields of the cars. Um, after the build... Michael Peters put up a forum saying uh, dirt grime buildup has been great since it was first introduced. Now I just see blocky bunches of pixels that seem to all appear at the same time and never really get worse. Um, I know that we were just talking about this earlier. I know I made a comment at Atlanta. It was rough. It just appeared out of nowhere. and A lot of people were complaining they can't really see stuff. I don't think it was really that bad, but it is definitely distracting.
0: That explains the race earlier, then.
1: Yep. Um, Greg Hill from iRacing staff did say that this is not the intended appearance, so something's going wrong, and they'll look into it. Um, Somebody said, I noticed the same at Le Mans. No start grid finish line, and and the on-track arrows before the Porsche curves are gone as well. The last one caught me by surprise as I used them as positioning and braking reference. And Greg Hill replied to that as well, saying a bug was introduced that affects the TSD graphics, as we call them, <laughs> basically details that are stamped out of the tracks of details, starting with start finish lines, etc. A fifth series of in the works. So I know we had planned on talking about that later on in the show, but. Might as well cover it now. It's a known issue that the start-finish lines are not showing up at tracks, so there's obviously a fix in the works.
4: At least the iRacing staff has already come out and said that it's
1: a problem,
3: that they're going to fix it.
1: So Yeah, they seem to be really responsive to
2: um, issues this build compared to previous ones. You know what's funny, though? I've raced a few races already, and uh, I didn't even notice.
1: <laughs> I'm not one to pay attention to, like, the start-finish line or anything like that. I don't ever look at the track for that. I always just kind of look for the um, for the flag stand there when I'm coming to the last lap to know I got across it. I didn't notice it until somebody pointed it out and erased it. I ran a fixed race at Talladega two nights ago, I think it was, and I didn't notice it in practice, but somebody pointed it out in the race. That's
0: so. yeah, so how it wasn't Campbell GT too. I yeah, just you can that one was noticeable though.
1: Yeah. All right, Brad, you want to pull up that last topic there for the night? Oh
2: goodness, let's see here. Uh, I racing. Is uh, doing the roar before the twenty-four two-point-four hour solo event, January thirteenth through the fifteenth. More details follow, uh, with the race times. That uh, that'll be a pretty good little deal. Get yep, some good. practice in before you uh, do the twenty-four hours. Yeah, and it's going to be a solo event,
1: too. So they did release, actually, they released the times. It's going to be four time slots to run it. Saturday, well actually it'll be Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, Saturday, 8 a.m. Eastern, Saturday, 12 noon Eastern, and Sunday, 9 a.m. Eastern. And they're running the Kia Optima, the Ford Mustang, and the Global Mazda MX-5 Cup. It's weird. They don't have the uh, HPD or the prototype in there, so I wonder if they're going to have them in for the actual
2: 24-hour Daytona race.
0: They will. Yeah, this they one's already, always been different.
2: They've already done the little thing with that.
0: This makes no sense to call it the road before the 24. It should be its own separate event.
1: Well, I guess we'll see.
0: But so What is it? The Daytona prototype again in GT3?
1: Ah, uh, yeah. They did release that they were going to run the prototype again this year, even though it's not going to be in the actual race. So
0: Yeah, I have that confusing deal with DPI and then P2, which are just weird.
1: Yeah, didn't I see an article today about that? Some sort of uproar about it?
0: They're just, they're pretty much LMP2s, just with their little changes.
1: Yeah. Are we gonna run the twenty-four or no? Who else is gonna run the roar? I know I am. I'm yeah, running like that.
4: And we should have a few NX drivers doing it for sure. I haven't done it since the first year it was held, so it's been it's been quite a few, about five, six years. But uh, it's always been a fun event.
1: I know a couple years ago they ran that roar before. And it was a team event. I know my brother had gotten on a, had set a team up together off the forums, just gathered a bunch of drivers and ended up winning it and got the $50 prize. And then yeah, we did the same thing. Put a prize on the next one. Wow.
0: Yeah, we ended up doing the same thing by winning that. Getting 50 bucks a piece and ended up wrecking early in the real one.
1: Yeah, there was a lot of controversy over that, so they decided not to put a prize on the actual race.
0: There's too much sandbagging going on.
1: Yeah, because back then you had the you know the lowest I-rated guy who would qualify or start the car, and yeah, it has a lot of nonsense. But you give somebody a loophole, they're going to take advantage of it.
4: Yeah, that was obviously of much debate early in the Pro Series as well this year.
1: There was a loophole of the
4: pro for that. I wouldn't call it a loophole. There was just quite a bit of discussion on the forum about the distribution of points from split to split, and the quote-unquote sandbagging and whatnot that that you know may accompany that. But um, I, I think the season, as it's went on, has kind of showed that that's not been the that hasn't been the strategy of choice. If you look at the points with drops, so uh, it's uh, it was kind of a, a bit of a wasted argument for the beginning of the pro series, but it was definitely one of of great concern to a lot of pro series drivers this season yeah, because they yes. went away from the, from the I racing or from the I rating style of doing it and actually letting everyone participate, which I think is great. I really do. Does it, does it introduce situations that may not be fair? Maybe so, but at the same time, everybody has a chance to participate. Everybody has a chance to perform. So I'm quite content the way it is.
1: I have a low I rating. I have no hopes of actually making pro, but I'm enjoying the fact that I'm able to run the same races as these guys going for pro. Because a, it's filling up my off season from NIS, and b, I get to experience the once a week like uh, the pro guys are.
4: I think it's great. I think and I racing's got to do what's best for the customer base on a whole, and I think it's been. I think thus far, it's been a pretty pretty good success.
1: Except there's a lot of fun. <laughs> is that where you're at, Carlos?
0: I'm hovering between third and fourth, which is crazy because I was usually a top or second before all this pro series, but there's so many entries.
4: Yeah, you had a, a a certain percentage of the iRacing community who buffed their iRating, and uh, that really changed kind of the, the way the grids have. Uh, have ended up throughout the season, really, just because so many people buff that I rating early season, but you're having so many people drop out now that, uh, you know, like uh, Joe and Phil and our team, they were third split, mid, like mid pack, third split guys in terms of I rating. Well, now they're, they're almost mid second. So that just puts it into perspective of how much it's kind of changed throughout the season over the five, six races we've done.
1: Yeah, but if you think about that in perspective, Carlos, you have a 4,000i rating. You would think that would be good for at least, like, a second split. Oh, no. Because you're sitting in fourth.
0: <laughs> it's funny because this is... Actually, I think last last two races I was third split, but this is, like, car number 40. So I'm way back there. <laughs>
1: it's crazy because the NASC is in your top split or second split.
0: I think I'm comfortable in third or fourth.
2: <laughs>
4: it looks like just from last week's second split race, the lowest I rating was 4,400, so you're all over it. No, 4,375, actually, so you're uh, you're getting close.
0: I almost hit 4,200. Who knows how many times and I get involved in something, lose it all.
1: Oh, well, that's the tougher part. When you get higher up in I rating, you, you lose more.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, that's the reason why I want separate I rating per car, so I can <laughs> go drive other things when I'm bored and not have to worry. <laughs>
4: yeah it's a lot harder to get that i rating up in the lower series in my opinion yep yeah that's yeah.
3: Where
2: I'm at. well one of one of the things that kind of bothers me is like right now we're in the off season we're not running a bunch of n i s and and that's cool and all but uh i'm really seeing a lot of these uh the k and n cars like we're at what Michigan and um the super lates i forget where they were at but it, in my mind i s I'm like, man, I really want to go run those but I don't want to beat my I rating to death in doing so. I wish they would uh do something about that. I don't know what they could do, but it, I rating it, per car. Well, I did I
1: did one of those. I'd never run the K car before, but I did one uh the other night just for an example. I started the race uh, in 8th place. I was car number 13. I ended up finishing two laps down and lost 44 I rating. See now, I ran Michigan in the K&N car four races,
3: no, five races and gained 400 I rating in one night. When
0: I was at a 4194 I rating, I did one IndyCar race and dropped under 4,000. <laughs> lost
4: a
1: huge wow, chunk. Brutal.
2: Yeah, see, that's almost what, that's lost what that I'm much. Talking about. Yeah, I mean, you
1: literally can't do anything if you want to stay high.
2: Yeah, well. like Carlos is like what about four grand? I'm at thirty eight ninety. So we we take a we get beat to death if we go in one of them lower splits. And then
0: again, if you do good, it's fine. So
3: like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but. So, would you say that I-rating takes the fun out of this during off-season times? It's like you don't know what to do because you're afraid to go race? Kind of.
0: It's kind of like you don't want to hurt it because of the divisions, I guess, for starting next NIS. Right. Or something like that. (laughs) I, I,
2: I think it makes my participation drop off. I would go run those races because right now they really look like a lot of fun. But I don't because I don't want to just get beat to death. You
0: could always do road racing in the off-season when I do I don't really give a crap about that I rating.
2: Yeah, well, I, that's what I've been doing. Yeah, I ran a C-Fix
1: race the other night and finished second in car number three and gained 80 I rating. That was a 1754 strength of field. That's but had cool. I got wrecked out of there, I would have lost like a 100.
4: Well, from my perspective, somebody that doesn't race any other series really other than class a pro um i'm real hesitant to go down to those lower series because you got guys that are so good at it number one you got to put in the time but number two you have this problem with retention and saturation of series so if you go into a you know a a c fixed race with a seven thousand i rating you've pretty much on you know in most occasions need to finish in the top three Oh, god. I don't drive that car. I don't know that car. So for me, it's really difficult for me to jump in. I don't really care about the I rating, really. It's at a point where eh, it is what it is. But at the same time, you got 30 people in a field. You get spun. You're going to drop 200 I rating. It's just a little bit swayed. you know. And, it, and I think it boils down not only to just you know the skill level, but the saturation of the league. You got so many series to run in. I think it's a little bit overkill, honestly. I think we got a few too many. And when you go into a race, there's 30 people signed up. So now you got to finish like fifth or you're going to lose I rating. Yeah, you know, well, sometimes for, can be a...
1: for somebody like you that's got that high eye rating, you go in there, you're not, you're racing for a win more or less, that's it. Because you're you're ideally trying to break even when you hit the grid, you're just trying to break even. So if you guys are you
3: know scared about doing... No, I shouldn't say scared, but worried about losing the Is that Do you guys find more things to do in the hosted side of iRacing instead of the official side?
2: I never go hosted.
3: Okay. Well, there's something I I to be in.
1: I more or less don't race at all.
0: Yeah, if any time I'm not on here, I'm on other other games or Sims.
1: I'm looking at my stats right now, and since the last race I ran, the iRacing Open Series at Homestead, Miami, it's still in my last 10 races results. I've ran the Pro Series at Homestead, a Legends Race at Lanyard, a National Race at Talladega, a Pro Race at Atlanta, and a C-Fix at Talladega. So I've ran five races since the NIS finished up.
4: Yeah, this is a good time to get good at CSGO If that's your jam And that's definitely our jam over at NX Racing We play that a lot
1: I've been playing a lot of other PC games myself Rust and stuff like that So it's uh, time to just relax And here in about another two, three weeks We'll be prepping for NIS again Alright, so let's move on to final thoughts. You got anything, Brad?
2: Not really. Just uh looking forward to Christmas.
3: Yep, time with family. How about you, Jeff? Not really. I mean it seemed kinda of quiet. I like to keep it that way.
1: <laughs> Carlos?
0: What? Oh. <laughs>
1: Final thoughts.
0: Well, I guess this will be a time to talk about little old videos that I do on pretty much every other week. It's not not an every week thing. It's just more of a kind of like a driving school deal, but not really. Just more things iRacing really won't tell you. Or different driving scenarios that aren't covered in the I racing videos. So I just have that on my YouTube, so check that out
1: your
0: YouTube again? I always forget, though. It it's like YouTube.com was it? Slash something something. Let me think here. Oh, 2 e 55.
3: Alright. How about you, Noah? I mean, uh,
4: looking forward to going to Darlington Pro Series. Uh, just get out of there with some decent points. Not looking to win. Looking forward to the holiday break. We get two weeks off. Uh, Christmas, which is my favorite time of year, hands down. And uh, then we go to Sonoma for the Pro Series, which is uh, probably my favorite track on the schedule. I'm a road guy more than I am an oval guy, really, at the end of the day. So, looking forward to that. And then uh, Richmond, Daytona, end of the pro season, we're getting close. Um, You know, it's almost time to get those licenses. So, it's a pretty exciting time for me and, you know, a lot of other guys fighting their way through.
1: Yeah, definitely. And nice run so far this season. And keep your head down, elbows digging, and. Hopefully we can see you in a pro ride this next season, rooting you on. Yeah, it'll be nice
4: to be back. Thanks. I appreciate that.
1: All right. My final thoughts. I don't really have too much to say other than Darlington this week. I'm looking forward to running my pro race and putting the wheel away for the week. Um, that's about it. And then I got heavy workload coming up for uh, the holiday season. Of course, I haul gasoline. So, I'll be busy trying to keep station stock for all the people that are traveling, so other than that, I don't really have anything else. Um, for those that are watching tonight, you can always watch the podcast live on our record. We record 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Saturday evenings. You can catch that at www.twitch.tv forward slash iRacers Lounge, where you can Interact with us. We always like to um, see your input if you have any questions. We do try to keep track of it so we can um, answer them live on show. Other than that, you can always send us in any questions you may have. You can reach us on Twitter at iRacersLounge, Facebook at iRacersLounge. You can catch our YouTube channel at iRacersLounge, and uh, as always, our website, com. If you want to get a hold of the team, you can get a hold of us at Team Typosy Racing. Same at Twitter, Facebook. And uh, you can catch the podcast on any of the major hosting sites like SoundCloud, Stitcher, PodTrack, iTunes, Spreaker. And you can get us at our email address at irishslounge at gmail.com. So until next week, take care.
0: Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us at our YouTube channel at iRacers Lounge. Follow on Twitter and Facebook at iRacers Lounge and SoundCloud at iRacers Lounge. See you on the track.